0: All things consist in your Lord Jesus. You are our very life, so we praise you, Father. We thank you for the gift of life, your grace, your mercies, indeed your love that never fails. We thank you, Father, this evening. Thank you for gathering us, and thank you for your presence here with us. Thank you that you have never left us; you would never leave us so we can exalt your name and just rejoice in you. We give you praise father for in Jesus name we pray. Amen. And we'll be seated please. What a glorious time with the worship team. Thank you so much for that worship. All right. Um <clears throat> we're still on living like Jesus parenting like Jesus. Parenting like Jesus, and this is our fourth meeting. We have been looking at the four domains, the four domains of leading like Jesus, and the key principle here is Jesus led by serving. That is a servant leadership. We lead by serving. Welcome. Ser- back. Um, the 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 phrase. That we base this teaching on is not so like, not so with you, not so with you. And that is a phrase that Jesus used when he was comparing the leaders of the world and the leaders within the Christian circle, his own type of leadership. Um, he said, The leaders of the world, they lord it over, they lord it over their subjects but it shall not be so with you to lead is to serve jesus said i came to serve and not to be served and so we've been looking at the four domains of leadership and in our own case parenting parenting we looked at the heart the heart refers to the intentions the intentions and the motivations of a leader your motivations your intentions are they lined up with the intentions of God, the intentions of Christ? Are they, are they lined up with who you are as a believer? What are your motives? Are you leading out of pride or you' are leading out of fear? Then we looked at the head. We looked at the head. The head consists of the beliefs and the, the beliefs that we have about leadership beliefs that you had about leadership and today we are going to be looking at the hand how do we take what is in our heart our intentions and our motivations and what is in our head our beliefs about leadership how do we take all of that and then put it into our hands to become actions and behavior as parents as fathers and mothers and so we as usual we will look at a video clip and then following that um, we will have our discussions questions and comments video clip please
1: welcome back so far we've explored the heart and the head of leading your family like jesus well your family will experience what's in your heart and your head when your motivations and beliefs about parenting affect your hands your actions If you have a servant heart and a servant leadership point of view, you'll become what I call a performance coach. In this session, Tricia focuses on actions that first make the most of the fleeting parenting years. I talk about how to be an effective coach and Phil emphasizes the results of real hands-on parenting. That should give you plenty to think and talk about. As we talk about the hands, we're talking about action. We're talking about how do you behave? How do you treat your kids? And the sad thing is it, it, it. The time goes quickly, doesn't, doesn't yeah. interest, it? It does. you, know?
2: you know, we have those three older ones that are uh, 24, 21, and 19 now. And then the three little ones. And I know that those little ones are going to be the big ones ages very quickly. And I always ask myself, what if today was the day that they're going to remember most out of all their childhood memories? Okay, so the other day, we took them to the park. That was really nice. And that was a good memory. But I also got very frustrated when I was trying to cook dinner. And they were running and kept running through the kitchen. And when I bandaged my little guy's knee I wasn't as compassionate as I could have been so I mean what if those memories were really the ones that they stuck and we never know what's going to stick we never know what they're going to remember I remember one day I was uh, taking my kids to the library and I was so frustrated I was looking for books and the kids weren't getting their shoes on and then we had piano lessons and I was walking by a mirror and I saw this frazzled mom face And I thought, what if that's what they remember? What if they just see this crazy woman? And so it made me realize, take a deep breath. We are building memories. We get to choose what we want. And and we have eight people living in our home. So there's a lot of time to make memories with a lot of people. My grandma lives with us, two of our older kids, um, and then the three little ones, my husband and I. And it really is taking the moment and saying, God, who do I need to make a memory with today? who do I need to focus on? Because there's so many needs um, in busy households like mine. And it encouraged me, you know, Jesus had people pressing around him all the time. He had many people that had needs. They were following him wherever he went. With my three little ones, that's sometimes what I feel like. They're following me (laughs) wherever I go. But as he was, they were pressing in, he saw Zacchaeus up in a tree. And he said, I'm going to your house today. And sometimes God will say, put aside your computer and go and play cards. Or take your you know 21 year old daughter out to coffee and just listen to her and when we turn to god and when we say god who do i need to focus on today he will really help us to be able to do that and then we can know who needs encouragement who needs support who needs coaching and i love ken how you always talk about just being there to be a coach for our kids
3: i do want my kids to remember me and more of a um, hopefully more of the positive that they saw growing up, kids will remember more of how you made them feel rather than the training and the discipline and the plans and everything. That's really how I want them to remember me is that I made them feel worthy and I made them feel like there was a purpose for them being here.
4: It's funny because he has a really strong memory. He remembers so many things Uh, he said mommy remember that time when i was three and we did this and i'm like oh boy so i realized that already he's beginning to form like almost like a catalog in his mind of things that he'll remember and pass on to his child and his family Um, and so i i began to say oh my gosh it's about quality now and it's not so much about just getting things done Um, And so we try to just create just little good moments together. Um, He loves to cook, so we love to cook together. And so he'll have his skillet and I'll have my skillet and we'll be making memories and we'll be talking about things. Um, I want him to remember how his mom loved him.
5: I want them to use me as an example of the type of parent that they want to be. they get to the point where they marry they have children and they start parenting i want them to be able to look at me and say i want to be the type of father that my father was to me
1: yes to me coaching is kind of the servant part of servant leadership Uh, and you know if somebody said to me ken i'm going to take everything you've taught for years away from you except one thing what would i hold on to on terms of leadership concepts. I'd hold on to you know, catching people doing things right and accentuating the positive. You know It was interesting as I go around the world, I ask people all the time how do you know whether you're doing a good job? The number one response I get, nobody's yelled at me lately. And I think that happens a lot with parenting. We don't accent the positive with the kids. The kids found out what we want them to do after we don't do it. You know, we don't set goals around grades, and all of a sudden they bring a report card. What kind of report card is it? you got to be kidding me, you know? And all of a sudden, we're yelling at them and all, and we're forgetting that really, if you want to really be a great coach, they got to first of all be clear what the goal is, and then what you want to do is you want to observe their behavior so you can praise their progress and then if they get off base, rather than yelling at them, you can redirect them. And all that means is getting them back to the goal. Maybe I didn't make it clear and all that. And you see parents, like I was in a store a while back, you know, after last Christmas, and, uh, and I was walking behind this woman, and she had her little son with her, you know, I don't know, he must have been six or seven years old, and they, we passed this sporting goods store, and there was this beautiful red bicycle there. And the kid stopped, and he said, Boy, would I like to have a bike like that. And his mom went berserk. I can't believe you. I got you a new bike for Christmas, and here it's March, and you want another? I wouldn't get you another one. She's screaming (laughs) and yelling at this kid. You know, little kids like this, you know, rather than if, you know, you were saying, what what would be the memory? And so she might have said to the kid going back to goal setting is, Honey, why do you think it would be hard for me to get you a whole new bike right now? The kid's not an idiot, he would've probably said, I just got a new one for Christmas. But what about this bike do you really like? And boy, he might say, look at that horn. Wow, what a great birthday present. You know, if we constantly say in the the mindset of, I'm here to serve, not to be served, and how can I bring out the best in this kid, and I do it by either catching him doing things right, and praising progress, or maybe redirecting them, maybe when they're a little off, but we don't do it, by this, you know, and and all that kind of thing, it doesn't, all they do is to learn how to avoid the Punisher. I was, funny thing, I'm down walking along Broadway a couple of years ago and all of a sudden I hear this guy yell, Blanchard, Blanchard. This guy comes running up, he's from Kansas, and he said, will you tell my friend that dog story about punishment, (laughs) you know, you know how people love stories, but I've told people punishment doesn't work. And I was talking to a friend, and they said, Ken, how do you think we should house train our dog? I said, what do you got in mind? He said, well, the dog drops a load. We're going to grab him, shove his nose in it, pound him in the tail with a newspaper, and then we're going to throw him out this window into the backyard because that's where he's going to do it. I said, how do you think that's going to work? He said, well, the dog now drops a load in the floor and jumps out the window. <laughs> and this kid wanted me to tell his, uh, his friend
6: that. But it's so true about coaching, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one thing about coaching, and I think I think it's most important with kids, is this is a part not only what you tell them, is what they see is what you get.
7: We have a have an older son who's almost three, and we have a daughter that's one, and already our son will imitate what the way we take care of our daughter, you know, the way we feed her, the way we. Eat. When she's upset, what we do to console her, all when those she's things. She's
8: something bad. What we do to right save discipline her.
9: Discipline, yeah.
7: And he'll and he follows right suit with it. I mean, he does exactly what he does, and it just it gives you that realization that for both kids, that you know that's mm-hmm. the way he's treating his sister. So for me as a father, knowing that the way he sees me interact and treat my wife is how he's going to treat women for his life and for my daughter. The way that she sees me interact and treat my wife and what i do is the kind of man that she one day will marry and the things that she's going to accept about a man good or bad are going to be based on what she sees in my actions in our marriage and that's a, that's a huge responsibility
5: but i know that there have been times where you know we've we asked things of them that we didn't necessarily do um for instance we may say hey no going outside, no riding bikes, no playing video games until your rooms are clean, you know, and mom and I may be sitting on the sofa watching a television show and our room may not be quite as tidy as it should be, you know, and so those are kind of some of the kind of things that we have to be really careful about and making sure that it's not a you do what I say and not as I do kind of a situation.
4: There's so many things that I want to model for him and do better with you know, everything from my eating habits uh, to having a, a great attitude. He's a really, really jolly, happy guy. And uh, one day I thought, I-, I think it's because of my attitude and think j- I'm a jolly, happy mom. And so there are those things that I, I'm just so glad I'm passing o- on to him. But then there are certainly things that I want to see him become more passionate and more excited about. And I'm not there yet, but I want so much to model especially in my spiritual walk I want him to be passionate about Christ to love God and I just want to try really really hard to reflect and show him those things
6: it's the modeling at home that's gonna validate the rule it's gonna be the modeling of what you do in a crisis moment that's gonna show them what's important it's a sermon lived yeah that's a a great that's a great phrase for it because kids want to be like you Mm -hmm. you know they grow up they don't know whether you're good or bad but the natural inclination is to be like mom or be like dad and whatever they see they're going to try and mimic Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting when sometimes you get what they've seen put back in your face Mm -hmm. I I told the story in the book about this there's a big S word in my son's house and that was the word stupid nobody gets to be called stupid and if some if somebody hears You say stupid, then there's a a sibling that's going to go tell mom or dad and wait to see how you get punished, that kind of thing. Well, my son was playing basketball, and my grandson was watching, and he went up for a shot, and he missed it, and he was running down the court, and he said, boy, that was a stupid shot, and his son watched him go down. The... <laughs> and after the game, my grandson came up and said, Dad, you said stupid. When can I say stupid? <laughs> you know, they're watching to the point, point. and what I love to hear now is with grandkids, is my kids coming in, bed, Dad, he's just like I was. And I'm trying to say the same things you were. And it's so much, one thing so really come to me is so important is those choices of model are going to have impact for generations because what's important to you is going to be what's important to your kid. What you get excited about is going to be what they're going to be excited about as well. And uh, it just gets into the point where the coaching really to be authentic, and that's why I love leading like Jesus. You can go back anything that he asked others to do he did first you know to be sacrificial in his love to be forgiving to correct people to praise people that was the authenticity of what he gave us as a model to do but sometimes we get you know get off base and and don't do that and sometimes we may also have to apologize to our kids my son did a real good job on this one because my, my son asked my grandson he said yeah, that was wrong. That was not a good word for me to use. And, and I don't want to be a person that uses a word that could be hurtful to you. And he said, no, neither do I. And said, okay, that's off. So he apologized, but was willing to get out of his own pride and ego to be able to say, you know what? I didn't model what I'm trying to do for you. You know, laughing odds, you know, because,
1: you know, I think you're so right that people want a sermon lived rather than preached. But, you know, I mean... I've got so many little sermons in me, (laughs) my son Scott says, you know, he said, Dad, he said, with the kids, you know, he said, you know, these little lecturettes that come out, and so the other day, you know, he told me that the two teenage boys got in a fight, and so I was taking Kyle to his golf lesson, you know, and I told him, I said, I heard that you had this fight, see, so he goes home and he says, he said, Dad, did you tell Grampy that we had a fight? He said, yes, I did. He said, yeah, because after he mentioned it, he started to gush with wisdom. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> you know, and, and so I got to kind of keep the little wisdom lecturettes down and maybe just have them look at my behavior.
6: <laughs> you know, there's something really good about that, and in, in, in just in a, in a real kind of definitive point about what Jesus, his love language is obedience. When he always says, I only do that, which I, my father has asked me to do, he says, if you believe in me, do what I say. So he calls us to obedience. If you love me, you'll do what I say. And there's, in, in the Bible, in Ephesians, there's a, a line that said, you know, children, obey your parents. And that's a pretty tough word, obedience, um, because it, we're not naturally obedient. But how do you make obedience easy? as easy as it can be. Now, obedience is not, it's beyond compliance. And sometimes in the busyness of the day, we'll settle for compliance. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it,
1: with the young kids, compliance is important, though,
6: isn't it? Right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, compliance, you know, actually for safety reasons and so right. forth. But if we constantly just settle for compliance and don't seek obedience, and what it, that means is wanting to do what you're asked mm-hmm. to do because of the relationship you have with the one that asked you. And if we settle for that, we're gonna end up with kids that have figured it out pretty quickly that it's either punishment or payment. And when they get out in the world, they're gonna start looking at other people and say, what's in it for me, punishment or payment, and start to live in that particular kind of a plane. The thing that really is, is important to me is as when we become parents, we are the absolute representation of those two words, mother and father, in the lives of our kids. Whenever they close their eyes and hear the word mother or father, they're gonna think of us. And what are they gonna think of is really important. The issue with regards to obedience is how do we make it as easy as possible? Because it says after it says, Children obey your parents, it said, Fathers don't frustrate your kids. And so how do we how do we do that do you have some thoughts on on that you know
2: my stepdad actually used to say do what i say not what i do Mm. and that was so frustrating when he's doing all these things that we couldn't do um, but it wasn't (laughs) that model there but i also met someone who had um actually she was telling me you know when my children were little they were dressed nicely and they always sat so quietly at the table and they were always so obedient Well, when they grew up, they ended up being wild. They're not serving God. They have very difficult lives. But she had got them to conform. (laughs) Yeah, and she got them to conform. And so there is, are we hiding that in our kids' hearts? Are we modeling for them? Are we showing them what it means? And one of the most special things was I usually have my morning quiet time before the kids wake up sneak out as quietly as I can get my coffee and my kids will then come downstairs and see me and I remember one day when I snuck down and my daughter was there and she had a cup of milk and she had her little Bible out <laughs> and was reading and I said that is so amazing that she saw me it wasn't like I always said you need to have a morning quiet time you need to get away with God but she saw me there in those morning times and then she got up and well, did that on her own
1: yeah, yeah that's, that's wonderful you know that whole thing that's what I think the hands section is about which is how do we take in our hearts and our heads and put it in our behavior and then the the last section that we're going to deal with in terms of the four domains is the habit section which is really important because what do we do on a daily basis to recalibrate who we want to be in the world and set a vision for ourselves in the world on how do we want to live the sermon uh, this day. So we're going to deal with the important habit section next.
0: Amen. <clears throat> Let me start with the almost the last uh, statement that was made by one of the speakers and that um, as parents, that we are the absolute representation of those two words, dad and mom. Absolute representation of those two words, dad and mom. And so when we hear or when our children hear the words dad, mom, they are thinking about us. They are thinking about us. The question is, what will they be thinking? What will they be thinking when they hear those two words? That mom. Um, Having had the opportunity of listening to people, counselors um, that come to me for counseling, usually I ask them, I ask them, I say, okay, the word mom. If I see the word mom, just tell me what comes to your mind. What is the memory that comes to your mind? If I see the word dad, what is the memory that comes to your mind? <coughs> and sometimes they are not <coughs> very hap- happy memories. And so they just blank out because they don't want to remember. They don't want to remember the pain. They don't want to remember the suffering or that they experience or the struggles that they experience when they were growing up because of the relationship that they had with either their father or their mother. So that is very key. When your children hear the word father, mother, what would they think? So with that, I open us up for discussions. Um, your takeaway away from that short video clip Questions, comments? No comments, no questions? All right, let, let me do something here, just to reiterate some of the comments or the statements or the principles that were raised there. Number one, is that we are building memories. We are building memories in our families, as parents. So what do we want our children to remember about us, about home when they were growing up? You want them to remember bad memories, or you want them to remember good memories? So we are building memories, and usually it is the bad memories that stick the bad memories that stick. Um, In my experience, I've I've heard people say, well, as I was growing up, my parents never wanted me. And they said things that show that they never wanted me. And so they grew up with the belief that I am an accident. I am an accident. I am a victim. and You know, people with victim mentality, you know, you know how to behave, people with victim mentality. It's like, you owe me something. You owe me something. I have a right to this, I have a right to that. So, what kind of memories are you building for your children? Will they remember that you made them feel worthy, or accepted, or loved, or not wanted, or not significant? second thing was um, coaching coaching and um, he said that coaching is this, really the seventh part of servant leadership coaching and what is coaching it involves giving instructions um, training them giving them the, the opportunity to perform and then evaluating their performance as a performance of our children and I said, for good coaching, we need to set goals, clear goals for the family, for the children. Set clear goals, clear rules. I have, I have seen in, in some families that there are unwritten rules until you violate those rules and then the father or the mother will say, here is the rule. But it was not made clear in the first instance but so there has to be clear goals and clear rules not unwritten rules we should praise and affirm our children's progress when they make progress we affirm them we praise them and when they miss when they miss instead of yelling and punishing them we should redirect them to the goals redirect them gently to the goals and sometimes you might have to say well I think um, you did not remember what I said, and so you redirect them, thank you. You redirect your children to the goals instead of yelling at them. Question, they said something about punishment, and I'm gonna ask, does punishment work, yes or no? Does punishment work?
10: Well, um, I'm glad you asked the question, Prof. Uh, I I thought this was a particularly good video, and I was really hoping that we'll have a a really vibrant um, conversation, you know, surrounding this. Uh, So before I even answer the question, does punishment work or not, uh, I I do want to remark that we must remember that we ourselves are learning this as a first-generation thing. We're not necessarily raised this way. And it's important to keep that in mind, that having not been raised in the way that we're trying to raise our kids, uh, there is those natural tendencies to fall back to the way that we were raised. And so that's, that's really important to keep that in mind uh, and therefore to have a presence of mind uh, constantly. Uh, after all, leadership really is about awareness. Just being in that state of knowing that uh, you are, you, you, you're leading other people. And to pay, constantly pay attention to yourself and to constantly just, on a daily basis if you can, review what you've done, especially when things break down, to just go to a quiet place and see whether or not you've done the right thing or not and to have the courage to apologize if you haven't. Okay, so does punishment work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the... the behavior that we reward is often repeated, and the behavior that we punish, uh, people often refrain from. Uh, I guess the question is, you know, what is sufficient p- punishment for what offense? But in a, gener- in a very generic way, does punishment work? Absolutely. Uh, if I feel like I'm going to get punished for a certain behavior, I may tend to not want to repeat those behavior.
8: I believe that punishment really doesn't work because people may comply, but it doesn't make them change their habits or personality or attitude. I mean, you can punish a kid, and they will go back and do it again and again and again. And I just look back on my childhood and... um <laughs> My brothers then used to get beatings all the time. And it didn't change them. Actually, I think they got more rebellious as they got older. And as they got older and they stopped getting the whoopings at a certain age, they actually, you know, those beatings when they were a kid didn't pay off in their adulthood because they were still rebellious. Um, So that's just my opinion, I just think I think somehow or another, and then two children are different personalities. I didn't like weapons, so I didn't do things to get weapons. So I tried not to because I didn't like them. But as I grew up, no, 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 no. As I grew up, I still had those, okay, now I'm 18 years, I'm gonna do what I wanna do, da 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 da, but I believe as I got older, and my father used to uh, you know, attempting to beat me, he started talking to me. He started telling me about value and wisdom, and you know, respecting myself and respecting others, and different things like that. He just started talking to me, and those are the remem- those are the things that really I think helped shape me okay. to be the person that I should I wanted to be. Um, as I got older. Does that make sense?
3: I'm going to take a middle stance here. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are situations where punishment does work, but I I started thinking back on a situation I know of where uh, a child, um, has been acting out and getting worse and worse and worse, and very bright boy. But his father recently remarried. Um, His mother basically abandoned him and his brother. And his stepmother makes comments in his presence that she doesn't like him and he's the bad child. And And the parents recently had a new child. So what he really wants is attention. He wants attention from his father. He wants attention from his stepmother. And negative attention is better than no attention at all. So they're punishing him constantly. <laughs> so he's getting the attention he wants, but it's not, they it, it, it didn't dawn on them that that's what he was really seeking. So we have to really look at, I think, each situation individually and determine what is appropriate for that situation because sometimes the punishment is appropriate. Um, the day my daughter walked away from school and took a an, she was in the eleventh grade and she took a, fo- a ninth grader with her and just decided to go home and hang out that had to be punished. <laughs> but then there's some other things where it's just you have to figure out what's really going on with the child, what what are they thinking, and and what's appropriate for the situation.
11: So, so the way I look at the problem is that I think we have always defined punishment as uh, the administration of uh, of a tough uh, stance against uh, a point of view. Uh, if we always consider a punishment as a way to guide someone in the right direction, I think that punishment is, uh, is appropriate. I mean, even if you look at the way Jesus led his disciples, there are times that Peter, for example, when Jesus wanted to wash his, uh, his feet, he said, no, you can't wash my feet. But I think that using a gentle set of words to guide him to, to understand the reason why he needs to uh, have his feet washed, I think that is a way to, uh, to really guide people in the direction that they need to go.
12: Um, well, he kind of, um, I was going to say we need to define that word punishment. To some people, punishment means a cane. That's the only form of punishment. But punishment means anything that, is, uh, that you administer because of, I guess, a negative behavior. So it depends on how you administer it and also the situation, which is, administ- I have three kids. The punishment that Kenichi we understand will totally di- different from the punishment that Sierra we understand, or Sharon. So how you administer, and I think it works. How it's administered and what mode of punishment um, some parents beat for everything. Some parents say, you know, what time out for everything? It may not work. You know, it may not work on child A. It may work on child B. So it depends on how it's administered, what is administered, and I believe it works.
0: The the okay. Let's let's see. If you have okay, and
13: okay. Them. Well, I'm. I'm obviously not a parent, but being a child on the receiving end, <laughs> um, receiving I can say that I th- I think that there's a difference between consequences and punishment. Um, and I personally respond a lot better to consequences than I do punishment. If you expect me to be responsible for something, and and I'm not, uh, say you ask me over and over to keep up with a house key, and I don't keep up with that house key and you see it laying in the kitchen somewhere and I get punished for it and it's like a week of no TV. I'm not going to respond to that as much as like having left the key at home and being locked out. That's going to show me that, okay, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be effects to whatever actions that I take. So I have to learn to be responsible for myself and do that what I need to so that I don't have to deal with situations where I'm, you know, having to deal with the repercussions of, not keeping up with what I'm supposed to. But if I'm punished for it, it's, it, it kind of leaves this feeling of almost resentment because it feels like a lot of times if I constantly do something wrong and it's always you telling me, you're not supposed to do that, you're not supposed to do that. It's not gonna, it's, it's, it's like you have a problem with me and I'm not gonna respond to it as well. So I think consequence is a lot more effective uh, just being a child. But <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel.
0: What did Christ say? Out, right. out of the mouth of what, babes? to wisdom, please. Yeah, uh, wow. uh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> that only do? that comes from your first Banks <laughs> Okay, please. I
11: think I think punishment works uh, okay. in many ways. Uh, again, what is punishment? If you take the child's toy away, are you punishing them? i mean those are questions we need to ask if you say time out is it punishment what is punishment and why are you punishing you know uh, to me punishment works because um, i had seven siblings uh, and i think that the, the older siblings took some real beating and if you look down the You know, down that path, you will see that the older my parents got, the weaker, or the more they stepped away from that because they couldn't do it. And the more useless those children are. (laughs) So, it might not be, it might be a style that was developed might be a style that was developed, but it worked. Because those, when my father real had the energy to run toe-to-toe with you, compared to the last one who could say anything, and he would just sit there watching, you can tell the difference between those two kids. So punishment works.
0: Let me, okay, before faith uh, has something to say, and uh, I have, uh, it says that with punishment, with punishment, all the children learn to do is to avoid the punisher. With punishment, all they learn to do is to avoid the punisher. There is a difference between punishing and correcting a child. Discipline, correcting, is that by whipping? <laughs> okay, let's let's hear from Faith. Yes.
14: um For as far as punishment, I don't think that that works. Mainly just because I learned in psychology that there's something called positive and negative reinforcement. And also um, along the lines of what Faith was saying earlier, if you punish a child, you can only punish an act. You can't really punish a mentality. For that, you need something like discipline in order to change a mentality, to change the way somebody thinks. And if you don't have that kind of foundation or structure, Yeah, you're going to be punishing a lot of acts. You're going to be punishing stealing. You're going to be punishing this. You're going to be punishing that. But right and wrong, that's something completely different. That's a mindset. So um, once, I guess, you get to that place with your children where when they're 18, you're able to talk to them and reason with their mentality or get them to understand the reasoning behind your correction, you leave a lot of resentment. You leave a lot of other negative things that happen in their childhood behind. Thank you.
0: And that is what they are going to remember, I'm going to remember the punishment. I'm going to remember that and in a negative way, from my experience, yes.
9: Well, I, I don't believe punishment works. Thank you. <laughs> Most of the time when we correct or when we punish, is with anger. Like the example that was uh, given uh, in the video, yeah. you know, because the parent is already frustrated. So the punishment you are giving, you are expressing anger. Right. Even if it is time out, go sit down there. Don't come out. You know, it's with <laughs> anger. So the child remembers that. And like you rightly said, the child might try to avoid the punishment. It doesn't really change the behavior. Yeah. It will suppress it, and then when it grows up, it picks it up. So the correct thing is to correct. Try to talk to the child. I grew up in a very, my father was very strict. Like Greg said, he would chase after us on the field. And my mom would tell him, one of these days you're going to fall down. (laughs) After a while, he stopped because he saw that it didn't work.:
0: That's right. The
9: younger ones, he couldn't run after them <laughs> anymore. So none of those things were bad. if you sit down, you know so when I grew up, I try not to use that. I saw that I didn't like what my parents were doing, That's so right. I tried not to use that a lot. So I would dialogue with the child, talk with the child. So I think that is better. If you tell them, "John, the reason I'm telling you not to do this." Is because of this. Like um, Faith, um, Faith said, you know, let the child see the consequence of what will happen okay. if he does that. I think that is more effective.
0: Good. All right. Uh oh. This is, this is interesting.
15: I'm gonna, I think this will be quick. Um, and this might be a little bit off the subject because I know we're talking about um, punishment versus correction or or consequence Um, I don't know at what point but some time ago probably a couple years I made a conscious decision to try to be calmer when I communicate with my children and I found out something that they would listen to me more when what I was saying mattered more and I made a a point to spend time with each one, and y'all know I have five, that's hard. I'm gonna say it again, that's hard. (laughs) I made a decision to try to build really strong relationship with each every single day, make intentional go out of my way to take the time to connect with them in a way where now, when I come to their room or come, let's go walk or let's go shop or let's, whatever the thing it is we're gonna do. They're leaned in, they're, they're listening. And so I don't have to go get the belt. No, we can have a conversation and because they, the, build, the relationship is there, the bridge is there, the connection is there, I don't have to do so much this. And there was a time, I mean, I didn't grow up in a household that was super strict but I've seen Kane, I've seen belt, I've seen, uh, what do you call this, the um, extension cord? Yes. switch, go out to the back. Okay, so I did, I, I experienced a good deal of that and I reached a point, um, especially as my boys were getting big enough that I'm seeing them eye to eye. Um, when Rayshon was about, and you know, I was like, okay, we gotta find something else that works better. And I just made, and so what I wanna say is what has helped me mm-hmm. is the relationship being the thing that can be the consequence. Them feeling less fear and more um disappointment in themselves that they might disappoint me.
0: That's the consequences. That's the consequence. Of their choices. <coughs>
16: okay. Um as you can see, there's a variety um, of opinions on this on this issue here. Depending on what generation we're speaking with, you're going to get different um, views on this matter on this issue. Um, while punishment has its place, what we whatever it is, however, we define punishment, be it a withdrawal of privileges or even the one that Brother Greg described, uh, you know, I, I call it old school. Be, uh, but I personally went through something kind of different, even though it was very present in my generation. But you know, in my generation, it was you—you you missed the mark, you got the cane, you really got whooped. But I want to submit that it really depends on the individual. Jesus Christ did something where uh, in the corporate world we call it situational leadership. Um, He related to each person based on who or where they were. I, for one, when my father says certain things to me, I would rather he had bitten me. Okay? Because of the weight of the things it says he says them he doesn't use physical or things of that when he says them i feel so badly inside of me to where it's like oh my goodness i don't ever want to do that again so because we're learning this and this is biblical parenting we're Mm -hmm. learning to lead our families like jesus would I would submit to all of us that what we need to do is to really just ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. There is no cookie-cutter approach. It depends on the individual or the child. It depends on each situation. And for some of them, you know, like Brother Greg said, the the whipping may be the thing, but, you know, again, uh, I don't think Jesus Christ ever whipped it. Well, yeah, he did. <laughs> but... But anyway, um, it's, it depends. Let's just ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me define...
0: Uh, oh. One minute.
17: Okay, yeah, I'm going to make it quick. Um, I want to agree with Pastor IVK and Pastor Sharon and Faith. Um, of course, with Faith, because I did psychology, so I understand what he's saying. But I also agree with you as far as, it depends on the child. Like me, I was raised, of course, by my parents, but also when my stepfather came to the picture, my discipline was totally different. Of course, he couldn't put his hand on me, but the way how he punished me hurt me more. Like he would take away privileges like my door. Of course, I was a teenager, so a female, you need your privacy, so he'll take away all the bolts out of my door, no privacy. Take away, of course, the TV, cell phone, and this is like a month or two months without these things. So, I agree with Pastor Ivy K. it depends on the child. When I was younger, you know, beatings, it worked to a certain extent, but as you get older, a child, it creeps up in their mind, like, okay, well, my parents probably didn't love me. Or, you know, they think of the negative, but as I got older, I learned to appreciate it. I'm learning not to discipline my younger siblings the way my parents disciplined me. Okay. And it's kind of hard. Because me, I'm quick to slap you, hit you, you know? But I see it doesn't do anything. They do the same thing over and over again. Right. As opposed to, I tell them, go kneel down, it hurts them more. So I'm learning just like how everybody else, even though I don't have any children. But <laughs> still a progress. So.
0: We, are, we are three minutes after <laughs> <the time. laughs> This is so interesting. But um, we are going to stop here. But, but, but let me just give us um, obedience and compliance. Because they asked the question. How do you make obedience easy for your child? How do you make obedience easy for your child? You know, children are told, obey your parents, obey your parents. And fathers are told, do not dis- exasperate your children. How do we make obedience easy for a child? And the answer was what? What was the answer given? The answer was given. How do you make obedience easy for your child? Leave it out, model it for them. Model it for them. He said, sermon lived and not sermon preached. You know, we are very quick to give sermons, you know. He says, sermon lived, but not sermon preached. So model it for them. And that is what they are going to remember. He said, fix your mind on obedience, not on compliance. When is compliance important? Compliance. Is there any occasion, is there any circumstance that compliance is important for our children? Safety, for safety measures. You know, if a child wants to cross the road, don't do that, he or she wants to. You hold him or her back. that That is compliance. But eventually, you've got to teach your children obedience. And obedience is doing what you ask me to do because of the relationship that I have with you because of the relationship that I have with you obedience obedience is better than sacrifice better than compliance (coughs) oh brother okay sure I want
11: to talk about uh, uh, I want to talk about compliance okay sir Um, I'm going to give an abstract example that I don't even do Uh, you want to leave it out you don't want to and it's not punishment. I don't want my child to eat fish because the bone might affect them. Does that mean I shouldn't eat that so that they make sure So that you don't, you don't want so that they don't eat fish.
0: Should he than not eating fish? So that his child will not eat fish? <laughs> what? I,
11: because we are not telling the truth to ourselves. I, I think we are just there are some things that you know, are, I believe that there are some things that you can tell the child not to do, and mm. you can do because you are mature enough to do it. Okay. If you're going to leave, I mean, a hundred percent, based on because if the child sees it, yeah. you know, then it, it just can't work. Yeah. Because there are things for children, and there are things for grown-ups. That's right? true. That's so true. a grown-up cannot give up their life yeah. because the child is going to murder. It's, it's it's just.
0: Did you, did you hear that question that the, the, the child asked, you know, the dad, when can I say stupid?
11: Uh, the dad didn't know how to answer. The dad should have answered appropriately. That there will be a time that you can say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we share the grace and fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us. In Jesus' name. Amen.